Well, good morning. How are you all doing? Great to see you. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, welcome. My name is Troy. I'm one of the pastors here. Glad that you joined us uh, this beautiful weekend. In fact, last night, it just dawned on me. I'd been kind of, I guess, lost. I, was, I turned to Charlie. I said, is this Memorial Weekend? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, wow, how did I miss that? Well, obviously, uh, yesterday, uh, we had a lot of graduates, one of which was my son, Tucker, who graduated. And uh, uh, yeah. And so I've just been caught up, but I want Hayden, congratulations. And uh, we have just a great crop of uh, seniors this year in our church, uh, superstars are going to change the world. And uh, it was really fun to get out there. Uh, I, I haven't been to a graduation since mine, 1986, and I forgot that you can be outside and it's long. You ever, graduations are long, I forgot that. And so I'm not angry right now, I'm just red because I got too much sun. So, uh, but uh, anyway, grateful for you being here. Thanks for being a part of that and being here on Memorial Weekend. Today, um, we're gonna extend our service a little bit. At the end, we're gonna have uh, and celebrate communion together. And so I just wanna give you a chance to prepare your hearts for that. But uh, if you have your Bibles, uh, take them out and open them up to Luke chapter 17. Um, we're going to start in a little passage there, Luke 17, or you can open it up on your phone or the app. Um, we are continuing our little series that we started uh, a few weeks ago called Spring Cleaning. And uh, basically over the last few weeks, we've been asking God to do a little bit of uh, cleaning in our hearts. Uh, this, is, this is good, that we're dumping some of that emotional garbage that we've kind of picked up over the winter or over just life. And uh, this is a good practice. This is a spiritual discipline about looking at your heart and thinking about what's in it and what's coming out of it. And so we're, we're doing that. Now I'm going to warn you, uh, today's topic ain't going to be easy. It's going to be, it ain't going to be easy, man. I just want you to be prepared for that. But how many of you know that good stuff can come out of hard things, amen? Good stuff can come out of going through something hard. And so we're going to do this today. Today, we are going to uh, ask God to rid our hearts of bitterness, of any bitterness or any unforgiveness that is inside of us. Now, some of you just kind of maybe shifted in your seat a little bit because you're like, man, I have, I've tried that forgiveness thing. I've tried forgiving this person, but it just doesn't seem to work. I don't know if I can. Um, I thought what we would do today is we'd start by looking at the words of Jesus and let him set the tone for this a little bit. And if I would, I don't often do this, but could I ask you to stand with me for the reading of God's word this morning and hear what the Lord says to us about this? Thank you. Um, just a little context. Jesus one day was talking to his disciples and he was trying to help them understand that even if they decided to follow him, even if they decided to choose to follow Jesus, um, that they were still going to experience some pain in this world. That being a follower of Christ, uh, being a Christian doesn't guarantee that uh, pain and, and disappointment isn't going to come our way. And Jesus is warning them of this, and, and he's letting them know that even they might even be betrayed by people who are close to them. And so in Luke chapter 17, verse 1, Jesus said this. He said, there will always be things that cause people to sin. There's always going to be sin in this world. It's a broken, messed up world. A different version says it this way, and I like it. It says this. He said, it is inevitable that offenses are coming, that people are going to do things to you that are going to bum you out, going to hurt you. And so he tells them in verse 3, he says, so I want you to be careful what you do. I want you to be careful how you handle when someone offends you, when someone steps on your toes, when someone does that thing to you. He says, first of all, I need you to correct any followers of mine who sin against you, and I want you to forgive. What did he say to do? Forgive any of the ones who say they're sorry. In other words, Jesus is telling us something 
that we in the church often forget. He's like, I want you to deal with your offense. If one of you on this side hurts one of you on this side, it is your job on this side to go to them and talk to them about it and not just act like it didn't happen because that's not good for anyone, right? Reconciliation is a big part of what Jesus came to do. He came, first of all, to reconcile man back to God, but he also came to reconcile man back to man, husband, wife, child, daughter, son. Reconciliation is a big part of it, big priority. And so he says, if they repent, you've got to forgive them. Then Jesus says something that's incredibly challenging. He says this, even if someone mistreats you, does you wrong seven times in a single day, and then comes to you and says, ah, sorry. <laughs> he says, you should still forgive that person. In other words, people might hurt you big time. They might do some big stuff to you over and over, but you still have got to forgive them. Now, the disciples were probably thinking the same thing that you and I are, and that is this. Wait a second. If someone, you know, if someone does me wrong once, maybe twice, then, then I, I'll try to forgive them. But seven times? One day? No way. That's too much. <laughs> That's way over the top. That is too hard. I mean, who, who can do that? Who can live that way? Who lives that way? Well, I want you to look at what the disciples said to Jesus on this and how they responded. Verse 5, it says this, that the apostles then said to the Lord, Jesus, increase our faith. <laughs> Build our faith. Jesus, we're going to need more faith to do something like that. And that leads me to the title of today's message. It is this, finding the faith to forgive. Finding the faith to forgive. You pray with me, Father. Um, I, I just come and I ask you this morning, as we do every week, we ask that you would increase our faith, increase our ability to trust you at your word, to believe that you have the truth and that you are the way. And uh, there are people here this morning, no doubt, that have been wounded by the sin, uh, the abuse, by manipulation of other people. And God, we ask that through your word and through your spirit, you would give us the power to do what we cannot humanly do on our own. Help us to find the faith to forgive. It's so unnatural to forgive. It's so hard. But I pray that you would increase our faith to forgive those who have hurt us deeply and have hurt us over and over and over again. We ask this in the mighty name of Jesus. And all God's children agree with that. Say amen. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Now, as you're sitting down and readjusting, I don't want you to slip out of that place that we just were at. In fact, what I want to do is I want to ask you to kind of hold on to a picture of that person that you might have thought of while we prayed that prayer. My sense is, is that someone has probably hurt you. And uh, hopefully it's not the person sitting next to you, so don't look at them right now. Just keep looking ahead. But, uh, but maybe it is. Who, I want you to think about this. Who has betrayed you? Who has uh, lied to you? Or worse than that, who has lied about you? I talked to a friend this week that told me uh, about just how painful it was about some people saying some things about him that were just not true, Right? Who has taken advantage of you and used you or abused you? That's another one that's big. Who has let you down uh, in a big way? Who is that person in a big way? That's what we're talking about today. We're not talking about those small offenses, you know, and, and those are coming, and we are, boy, we're really good at being offended about every little thing nowadays, amen? 
I don't know about you, but there's one thing that really bugs me. I hate it when someone cuts me off in traffic. Oh, man. I just, right? And, you know, when that happens to you, you might be tempted to kind of give them the international symbol of your number one. You know what I'm talking about when I cut you off? You don't do that? Just me? All right, whatever, okay. You may think about it. But, you know, or, or you know, I, I, this week I thought of another little thing that really bugs me. I hate it when, or I, I personally will, when I'm in a line of traffic like on Lincoln and that we're getting this weekend and I see someone on a cross street trying to get in and there's just a line, I, if that's you, I will usually, you know, let, let one in. I don't mind doing that. But if I do that, there's two things I need from you. Number one, you need to get on, get move, Right? Get going, man. I don't want to miss the next light. Get your button gear and get in there. But number two, all I ask is just say you give me a little, little wave, a little nod, thank you. Right? Is that too much? The other day I did it, and I got nothing. And I'm like, this guy's blowing me off. And so I cut somebody off in traffic, and I jumped up ahead, and I wrote down their license plate number because I'm going to go to their house, and I have a plan to teach them some manners, right? Just bugs me. But... uh. Those, those kind of offenses I'm talking about are easy to get over. But sometimes what people do to us is not easy to get over. Sometimes what people do to us hangs with us and kind of just follows us around in our life, you know? And, uh, and, and so I'm just asking you, do you, does anybody here know what I'm talking about there? Yeah? All right, good. Has anyone ever hurt you in a big way? Has anyone ever stolen something from you, and it may not have been something, maybe it's something else. Maybe a spouse cheated on you, and they stole your chance to have a happy marriage. Or maybe it was a parent. Maybe your dad abandoned your family when you were young, and he stole your chance to have a father. Maybe it was your mother, maybe, you know, an alcoholic mother, and her decisions just crushed your heart over and over and over again. Or maybe it was an authority figure, someone that you looked up to, someone that you trusted and, uh, and, and, and trusted with your life and should have protected you, but instead they used you and abused you in some way that you can't even talk about today, right? Who hurt you? Who abused you? Who betrayed you? You see this person in your mind? I know some of you don't even want to think about them. You've kind of pushed it away a little bit, you know? And that's hard, and I get it. But the question is, is how do you forgive them? After what they did to you, is that even possible? How do you forgive someone you just don't feel like forgiven? Or maybe you have tried. Maybe you have tried forgiving them, but the pain and the hurt and the bitterness just won't go away. It just kind of follows you around. What do you do then? How do you do that? It just won't go away. Uh, you know, it, 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 maybe it's kind of like, like when you're vacuuming your floor, you know, and you're vacuuming over the floor and you come across something that's on there, a little piece of lint, and you run the vacuum over it and it doesn't suck it up. Has that ever happened to you? You're vacuuming and you're like, what's going on, right? And so what do you do? You kind of vacuum over it and then you kind of go at it at different angles and you try to get it and it doesn't come up, right? And then you, then you look at it and you get, then you go, okay, I got it. And then you take the vacuum and you just set it over the top of it for a second. Just let try. Is that what you're right? And then you pull it back, and it's still there, and you're getting mad, and you're like, yeah, and you cuss at it. You're like, yeah, you know, you get upset, and you, you know, you're like, in the name of Jesus, come up out of there, you know. Or you get real crazy, freak out on it, and then then you do it, and you run it over, and it still doesn't come up. You know what I'm talking about? Just you try over and over, and finally, what do you do? I, I don't know about you, but finally, I will bend over and pick it up. 
And I'll look at it and I'll say, you stupid little piece of lint. And then what do you do? You drop it back down there and go, <laughs> do it again. <laughs> right? In the same way, what do you do when you go over that hurt that's in your heart? And you've gone over it and you're trying to get rid of it and you're trying to get it out of there. And you've gone over it from every angle that you can, but you still can't get it out. You can't get it out and you can't forgive that person. What do you do? Um, well, most people, I think, just give up. They just kind of blow it off. Most people just learn to live with that hurt and they stuff the pain and they stuff the hurt deep down inside of them and they hope that it'll go away. But it never does. It sticks with you. It stays there. It follows you around. And here's the problem for you and I. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, if you're a follower of Jesus, um, we don't have that option of ignoring it. We don't. We must forgive. We gotta forgive. We gotta do it. We have to do it. Whatever that process looks like. Let me show you three quick uh, passages of Scripture real quickly, and these are pretty sobering. We'll go back to back on this. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14, uh, the writer says this. He says, Make every effort that you can to live in peace with all men and to live a holy life because without holiness no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one misses out on the forgiveness and the grace of God and let no, check this out, let no bitter root grow up inside of you, which will cause trouble and corrupt many with its poison. Don't let bitterness get inside of you. Now, the writer there, just unknowingly, maybe knowingly, gives us two truths about bitterness that we need to understand. Uh, uh, the first one is this, is that bitterness has a dangerous root. It is a, da it is a root and it is dangerous. What do roots do? Roots lie down. It's an interesting word picture. It, they lie underneath the surface. You can't see root soften, right? They're, but they're down there. And, uh, and uh, likewise, bitterness is often hidden beneath the surface. And it's only until certain things happen that you go, oh, wow, where did that come from, right? And, uh, and not only that, it's dangerous because it's continually to grow even though you're not aware of it. It's, it. it's feeding on itself. It's growing without you realizing it. How does it grow? Well, how do all roots grow? Roots absorb and they store. They absorb, they take things in, and they store it up. And bitterness, in the same way, absorbs the negative experiences that you've had, it takes those negative experiences, it absorbs it, and then it stores up the pain and the hurt that came with it and just keeps it there, right? And it holds on to it and it works it and it, you know, what does Paul say in Corinthians, the love chapter? He said, love keeps no record of wrong. You heard that, right? Love keeps no record of wrongs. Bitterness keeps a detailed accounting of every wrong and thinks about it and meditates and plays them over and over and over again in your heart and in your head. And the problem with that is eventually that junk that's hidden will come out. It will manifest itself and it'll show itself. And that's the second part that we learn from this is that bitterness produces a poisonous fruit. It is a, it is a, it is a bitter root that produces a poisonous fruit. When it comes out, it will manifest itself in rage, anger, uh, hatred. And those are the kind of things that poison our, our relationships and our lives. I mean, think about it. Anywhere you find a bitter person, it's always a little funky. You run into someone who's bitter. There's something a little off. I mean, think about it. You go to work, one person, one bitter person at the office, one bitter person at work can totally destroy the morale of that whole place, right? Just brings the whole environment down. One bitter person in your home 
can just kind of destroy and, and poison the rest of the family. One bitter person in a marriage, one, will destroy that relationship and kill it. And so that's why the writer says that bitterness contaminates many with its poisonous fruit. It comes out and it brings death to those things. And maybe this is why the Apostle Paul said this in Ephesians 4.31. This is the second verse. He said this, Get rid of all bitterness. Don't let bitterness take root in your heart. Get rid of it. Get rid of that rage and that anger and that brawling, that fighting and that slander along with every form of malice. He says this, Instead, this is good, be kind and compassionate to one another. And then here it is again forgiving each other just as Christ Jesus forgave you. Bitterness produces that bitter, that anger, that uh, rage, fights, um, slander. Often when you're fighting with your spouse, it's coming from some form of bitterness, some unforgiveness of something that you're hung up on that they have done or keep doing, and it just takes it to another level. But here's the thing. Forgiveness is the antidote to bitterness. Forgiving them will get that out of there, right? And maybe this is why Jesus emphasized forgiveness so much. And that's the third passage I want to look at is Matthew 6.14. And this one, every time I read it, always stops me in my tracks. It, it, man, it, it rocks me. And I, and I hate it, but it's tough. Listen to what he said. He said, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others for their sins, your Father will not forgive yours. Scripture is clear, man. We got to forgive. We have got to forgive. We must forgive. But the question really is, is how do you do that? I mean, if you've been around church any time of your life, you know that we often talk about forgiveness, got to forgive, blah, 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 blah. But no one ever talks about how that process works, right? How do you forgive? Is it just a matter of saying, I forgive you, I forgive you, I forgive you, I forgive you, I forgive you? Does that do it? Is it a matter of making sure you smile when you see them? A little fake smile. Is that what forgiveness is? It's tough. We don't often talk about it. So what I want to do is I want to explore what forgiveness is and how it works. And I thought maybe the best way to start would be to first look at what forgiveness is not. That would help eliminate maybe some of the misconceptions. First thing is this, is forgiveness is not forgetting. I don't know what you've been taught, but I know that oftentimes we are kind of implied that forgiveness is simply pretending that something didn't happen. That's not forgiveness. That's living in fantasy land, Right? These things really happen. Things have really hurt us. And, and so forgiveness isn't just sweeping something under the rug and acting like it never happened. Uh, and more importantly, forgiveness isn't being a doormat and allowing someone to continue to hurt you. That is definitely not forgiveness. I know a lot of folks that stay in dysfunctional, abusive relationships and they keep forgiving them and they stay there and that's not the same thing. Uh, you can forgive someone and yet set some real boundaries in your life. In fact, I encourage you to do so. I mean, you can forgive someone and say, hey, listen, you know, in your mind, I forgive you, but we ain't going to be friends. We're not there. I can't hang out with you too much because I don't trust you. And you've got some work to do for us to be back to where we were, to move forward. And, and, I, and you've got to work on rebuilding that trust, right? And I'll tell you when I trust you again. You don't get to tell me that I got to trust you now. Time, after that failure, after that abuse, it takes a long time sometimes to rebuild trust. And so setting boundaries is good. So number one, forgiveness isn't forgetting what people have done to you. 
Um, but uh, the second thing is, is this is good, uh, and you might not like this, but this is a truth that you've got to wrestle with. Forgiveness isn't fair. It ain't fair. There's nothing fair about forgiveness, and this is why it's a tough subject. Um, you know, you're like, hey, man, you just punched me in the face, right? And I just got to let you off the hook. I just got to let you walk away. That's not fair. I'll tell you what, the fair thing would be for me to punch you back in the face, amen? Or maybe you're a parent and you've had your child and your child has been abused by somebody, hurt by them. And you look at them and you're like, wait a second, you hurt my child. The fair thing would be for me to hurt you. That's how you feel, right? And you know, and we, we hear that, you know, Jesus, I know you said that we need to pray for those who hurt us, pray for our enemies and all that. Okay, I'll pray for you. I'm going to pray that you get a case of hemorrhoids in your eye sockets. That's what I'll pray for, because that would be fair after what you've done for me, right? And so I just need you to know, uh, forgiveness isn't fair. And it's strange how we don't like that, because it's strange. Whenever um, someone hurts me or hurts us, uh, we want fairness. We want justice. Eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. You owe me, right? But when I hurt you, when, when I hurt you, I want mercy. I didn't mean to. Could you forgive me? I want justice if you hurt me. I want fairness. But if I hurt you, I want mercy. And so it's a little weird that we kind of play it that way. And, and I thought about this. I don't know about you, but I am super grateful and thankful that God isn't fair. Ever thought about that? God is just, but he's not always fair. I don't always get what I deserve from God. <laughs> uh, Psalm 103, verse 10 tells us this. It says this, that God does not treat us as our sins deserve, right? Or repay us for our iniquities. It's not fair. I deserve some punishment for what I've done. I deserve death for that. But he says this, for as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, God has removed our transgression. How is that fair? How is it fair that I commit sin, I have done this, I have hurt people, but Jesus had to get punished for what I did? That ain't fair. Thank heaven God isn't fair, amen? I'm glad for that. Forgiveness isn't fair and it isn't forgetting. So let's just get that clear. But, so then what is forgiveness? What is forgiveness? Well, um, first of all, forgiveness, I guess you could pretty much say, is it's canceling a debt. If you're taking notes. It's canceling a debt. It's disregarding what someone owes you. Matthew chapter 18, uh, Peter comes up to Jesus and he, he says, uh, asks him a question. He says, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother who sins against me? Seven times? Now, I think Peter is referring to what Jesus said back in uh, Luke, right, 17. He's trying to clarify, I heard you say seven times I had to do this about forgiving someone seven times in one day. And so I just want to make sure I heard you right. Seven times? Is that it? I can do seven, maybe. And uh, Jesus doesn't make it easier for him. In verse 22, Jesus says, no, I tell you not seven times, but 70 times seven. What? <laughs> what? Peter is stunned. He's like, now we just went from seven. I made this worse. I like that seven a lot better than the 70 times seven thing, right? And so then Jesus explains to him the heart behind this. Jesus tells him a parable about a master who had a servant who owed him a fortune. 
And the time came for that debt to be repaid, but this man, this, this, this servant didn't have what he owed him. And so he went to the master and he begged for some time. He came to him and he said, please, please give me more time. I'll work this out, I promise. And Jesus said this, that the master took pity on him and he what? Canceled the debt and he let him go. He canceled the debt and he let him go. What an amazing act of grace. But it's interesting, something crazy happened after this. That servant then walks away and he runs into someone who owes him money. And and Jesus said that that servant grabbed that guy by the neck and began to choke him. And he's like, you need to pay me what you owe me, he demanded. That person fell to his knees and begged him, please, just give me a little more time. Be patient with me, I promise I'll pay it back. And Jesus said that that man refused that offer and had this guy thrown into prison to be tortured until he could pay him back. And when people, the neighbors saw what had happened, they were outraged and they went to the original master and they told him everything. And verse 32 says that that master then called the servant in and he said, you wicked little monkey, you bad monkey, he said, I canceled all of your debt. I canceled all of that debt of yours because you begged me to. And this is brilliant. Shouldn't have you had mercy on your fellow servant just like I had on you? And in his anger, the master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all his debt. And then Jesus said, and this is how my heavenly father will treat you unless you forgive your brother from your heart. Now, is that really how God treats us? There's probably a little bit of hyperbole in this, but there's love in this and, and, and there's a relationship And there's an understanding of what's going on in that relationship. And Jesus is telling us, if you've been forgiven much, how can you not forgive others? And so forgiveness is canceling a debt that someone owes you. It's laying down your claim that they owe you something. Now, that ain't easy. That ain't easy. Um, And so how do we do that? Well, the parable, the same parable, points to an aspect of forgiveness that you and I need to remember and include in our own forgiveness, and it's this. Number two, forgiveness is giving others what God gave you. That really is where forgiveness changed for me. Forgiveness was this other thing that I'm just, I'm forgiving you, I'm trying to forgive you, I can't forgive you, I can't quite let it go. But when I realized, oh, no, 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 forgiveness is giving you what God has given me. Now I can wrap my mind around it. It's giving people the same grace that God has given you. Let me ask you a question for those of you who are followers of Jesus. Has God ever forgiven you for anything? Anybody been forgiven of anything? Raise your hand. Eight or nine of you? Yeah, most of us. Okay, good. I'll tell you this. I know that I have been forgiven for a whole lot of stuff. I told you this. I grew up in Craig, Colorado in the 1980s. I was an excellent sinner. I was up to no good. I did some wicked stuff. I stole. I was a thief. Every day I went down to the 7-Eleven and stole baseball cards from 7-Eleven. Every day of my life almost, I went and stole baseball cards and stole more stuff than that. Um, I cheated. Um, I lied. I lusted. I talked about that a few weeks ago. Um, I definitely, since even, I'm not just talking about back in the day, I'm talking about since I started following God, I've betrayed God, I've I've ignored Him, I've even cursed Him, I've uh, mistreated people, 
uh, as a pastor. I've probably not done people right. I've hurt people. I know I've hurt people. Um, I've even hated a few people. I'll be honest. And here's the truth. God has forgiven me for every single one of those things. He's given me so much grace, none of which I deserved. How can I not do the same for others? How can I not do that after all that crap? Forgiveness is giving to others what God has given you. And it is at the heart of the gospel. Forgiveness is at the core of the gospel. In fact, most of us, none of us, make it into the kingdom of heaven until we ask God for forgiveness, right? The good news basically tells us that Jesus died on a cross and because of his death on the cross, you and I can be forgiven for everything, for everything. First uh, John 1, 9 says that if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just and will forgive us for all of our unrighteousness, all of our sins. And so receiving forgiveness is a big part of the gospel, the good news, right? But the gospel, don't forget this, the gospel isn't just about receiving forgiveness. The gospel is about giving forgiveness too, right? Forgiveness doesn't just flow to us. Forgiveness is to flow through us, right? Uh, God's goodness is supposed to flow through us. God's grace and his mercy and his forgiveness doesn't just come to us, it's to flow through us. And so the question is, is how is your flow? How is your flow? Is it flowing or is it kind of stuck? You might remember the Lord's Prayer, Matthew chapter 6, says that the disciples asked Jesus how to pray, right? We all know this, and uh, Jesus said, "Then this then is how you should pray. You might know this. If you know it, say it with me. He says, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, give us today our daily bread. Now here it comes, ready? And forgive us for our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. In other words, I'm saying, God, forgive me as I forgive them. Hand in hand. God, forgive me as I forgive them. God, forgive me as I forgive my boss who isn't very nice to me and is treating me poorly right now. God, forgive me as I forgive him who's not being good. Or God, forgive me as I forgive my ex-wife, who seems to be using our children as pawns in the midst of this divorce. God, forgive me as I forgive her. God, forgive me as I forgive my ex-husband who is behind on child support. That's what we're doing. How is your flow? Is, is forgiveness flowing, uh, is forgiveness just flowing to you or is it flowing through you? And Jesus would say that if it's not flowing through you, then it's probably not flowing to you either. That's tough. Now, maybe you're like me and you're wondering, why is forgiveness such a big deal to God? Why is it so important to God that we forgive others? I mean, he literally says to us, if you won't, I won't. If you don't forgive others, I won't forgive you. That is so weird. That is so transactional, so unlike God, right? And it's like a double whammy. We're like sitting there and we're thinking, gosh, first of all, something happens to me that I have nothing to do with. Someone hurts me in a big way 
And that's bad enough. But then if I don't forgive them, God's not going to forgive me for my stuff. Why is that? Well, there are several reasons, I'm sure. But I think probably the top reason, the, the top reason that God asks us to forgive is simply this. Because he loves us. And he cares for us. And he has the best intentions for us. Right? Let me explain. God doesn't ask you and I to forgive because they need it. He asks you and I to forgive because we need it. We need to forgive in order to heal. We need to forgive in order to be free of that thing that's holding us down, right? We need to, you need to forgive to heal that wound that is inside of you. If you do not forgive, you will not heal. It will stay there and it will fester and it will manifest and come back and get you. Now, someone once said it this way, that, that uh, not forgiving someone is like drinking poison and then expecting that other person to die. Another way to put it is not forgiving is like locking yourself in a prison cell and then swallowing the key. You're just hurting yourself. You're just hurting yourself. Not forgiving is causing cancer and sickness and bitterness and all these things. We need to forgive. The only way that you find healing is to forgive, to cancel that debt. And the reality is, and we got to deal with this, is that forgiving the one who betrayed you, lied to you, and cheated on you, and stole from you probably isn't going to help them. It's not going to fix them. Um, but forgiving always heals and always sets us free. It's about us. Now, I realize that uh, I'm just kind of hot skipping and jumping through this, through some real painful stuff that maybe some of you are dealing with, and you might feel like I'm minimizing this. And I just want to be clear. There is nothing easy about forgiveness. Forgiveness is hard. It is hard to do. Um, holding a grudge is easy, right? Allowing bitterness to fester in your heart, that's easy, right? It's easy to celebrate when disaster happens to somebody who deserves it. It's easy to go, yay, that's easy. But it's hard to forgive. It takes faith. It takes faith to forgive. What does faith do? This is interesting. Um, faith allows you and I to see things differently. Our faith informs what we see and know that there's more going on here. Faith gives you and I the ability to see beyond the pain that you have caused me and allows us, faith can allow us to maybe see the possible purpose that God has in that, that God can use it for good. Faith allows us to get through that pain and to see something on the other side. Faith allows me to see what God has done for me and help me realize that maybe I can do the same for you. My faith helps me see the bigger picture and allow me to share that. Faith allows you and I to have the ability to do what we cannot do in our own power. Faith allows us to do that. And by faith, get this, by faith and with God's help, I can choose to forgive you. I can make the choice. And that's the third thing. Forgiveness, ultimately, is a choice. It's not a feeling. It's not forgetting. And it's not fair. It's a choice that you and I can make.
So today I thought what we would do is end by celebrating the Lord's Supper together. And if you don't know, communion is just a simple way that we have throughout the centuries to sit down and remember and remind ourselves of the price that Jesus paid for our debt against God, right? And so in a moment, I'm going to invite you to come to one of these tables. You'll see one in the back and here in the front. And to take the bread and the cup, uh, and I want to take you back to your seat, and I'll let you take communion on your own while you're there, or you can wait, and we'll take it together in, however you choose. But what I want to do before you do that is I want to read two quick passages from the Bible for you to meditate and contrast. Ready? Matthew chapter 26. Listen to this. Don't miss this. Matthew 26 says this, that as the disciples were eating together, Jesus took some bread and he blessed it. And then he broke it into pieces and he gave it to his disciples saying, take this and eat it. For this is my body. This represents my body and my life. And it's going to be broken for you. I'm laying down my life. It's going to be broken for you. And then Jesus took a cup and he passed the cup of wine around and he thanked God and he said to each one of them, he says, I need you to drink this. I need you to consume this for this represents my blood. Now, what does his blood mean? Well, my blood represents the new covenant that God is offering mankind. The old covenant was based on a sheep's blood. This new blood is based on the Lamb of God that comes to take away the sin of the world. And, it, and my blood, I am going to lay it down and allow, and, and my blood is going to be poured out as payment for your sins, right? And so uh, it says this, that it will be poured out as a sacrifice to forgive the sins of many. And so in a, you and I have been given, we are forgiven. I want you to make this understand. You and I are forgiven because of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. Not our goodness. Not our church attendance. Not our tithing. Not our Bible reading. None of it. It is all completely, we are forgiven based on nothing that we have done. And it's all on what Jesus did. Now That ain't fair. But that is forgiveness. And then in Luke 23, it says this, that when they brought Jesus to a place called the skull. They nailed Jesus to the cross. And there were two criminals also there who were crucified, one on his right and one on his left. And in verse 34, Jesus says something that changes everything. He says, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. I want you to think about that. While people were taking a nail and nailing his hands and his feet to a cross, Jesus chose didn't feel like it. He chose to forgive them. I think this is on purpose. I think he wanted to show us that if he could forgive them for doing that, then we can forgive those who have hurt us too. We can do that. So what is forgiveness? Remember, forgiveness is simply giving others what God has forgiven us. But here's the problem. You can't give what you haven't received. You might be stuck in forgiving other people, forgiving that person, because you haven't received forgiveness from God. You haven't recognized it. You've forgotten what he's done. And maybe you've never received the grace of God through Jesus. Today would be a good time to do it. It is free. It is there for the taking. Run with it. Guilt and shame is gone. If you want forgiveness, if you want grace for what you've done, I invite you today, we're an open communion church. 
to come and take the bread and the cup back and to take what Jesus did for you, his body that was broken and his blood, and to receive that and to say, that paid the price for my sins. I'm going to walk away free. And when you remember what Jesus did for you, and all that he has given you, and all he's forgiven you of, then you will have the faith to forgive that person that hurt you. That's how it works. So that's what we're going to do today. God loves you. He wants to heal you. He wants to set you free from his pain, from your pain and from the bitterness that you're carrying with you. But it starts by receiving what God has done for you and then giving what God has done for you to them. And so take the cup and the bread back. Ask God to forgive you. Remind yourself of what he's forgiven you for. That whole list of stuff from Craig, Colorado, 1987, gone. And then in turn, forgive those who you've been kind of holding on to. I want to go ahead and come forward for uh, communion, and we'll, we'll pray at the end here if you'd like.